1: PaulWinkler.com is the website that we have. Lots of video, lots of audio, lots of blogs, lots of fun stuff. We talk all things investing here on this show and financial planning, retirement planning. Yeah, we'll get into the retirement planning stuff. Matter of fact, we're going to do some of that this hour. Michael Sharpneck, uh, Chartered Financial Consultant, Retirement Income Certified Professional here with me. So, man, what, what do you think? What should, what should we talk about this hour?
0: Yeah, well, first, I want to say we also have the podcast. Don't forget to promote the podcast. Okay,
1: go ahead. Shame <laughs> me. So, go well, ahead. So, go ahead. No, no, you yeah, need to because yeah, you're right. Yep, yep. And well, because sometimes so, people... So talk about how do, you, how do you find that thing?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it, it's on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, anywhere get your podcast. Um, you can, you know, if you, if you have an iPhone, you automatically have Apple podcasts. So you just, you just look it up on there. Um, but, but some people um, I, I still hear sometimes. So you
1: automatically have it. I, I am so podcast. Ill. I usually yeah. find it in other ways and I probably could even find podcast even easier if I did that. So there is an app that's. Yeah.
0: Yeah. An app. What's it, what's it? Yep. So it's just called Apple podcasts. You can, you can get it in the app store if your phone doesn't uh, have it by default. Um, and, and then you just search on there for the investor coaching show or, or Paul Winkler, either one. And, and it'll pop right up. We got 500, close to 500 episodes on there.
1: And there's like 12,000 downloads or something crazy. Like, I can't believe how many people don't download that. That's, that's cool. Thank you in so a much.
0: 12,000 in a month. Yeah. yeah. That, that is yeah. so
1: cool. So thank you so much for everybody that, yep. uh, that checks that out. Okay. So one of the uh one of the things that has happened in recent years is we've had some tax law changes and in particular one of the things that has changed is the ira inheritance rules so michael talking in in general what's going on there
0: yeah so for a long time the inherited ira rules. so you have you know maybe a, a parent that has an ira um, they pass away and that now goes to you. It's called an inherited IRA. It used to be that you could stretch that uh, amount out over um, your lifetime. You know, so if it's $100,000 and you got 30 years. Let's say the government says you have 30 years left. They're going to take a little bit out over the, uh, that 30-year period
1: yeah it's going to be three the first year it's going to be 3.3 percent. so it's going to be one third uh you know if you take that you know if you look at that 30 years and you take your account value divided by 30 that tells you what your distribution is going to be in that particular case it's going to be very very low and then each year as you get older they're going to subtract one year from your life expectancy Pretty simple, so it's 31 year, 29 the next, 28, 27. And if you're you know, still alive, 30 years hence, you've lived past your life expectancy, the account will be emptied at when you, if you had any good sense, would have passed away. <laughs> Right, <laughs> <You know? laughs> One way of looking at it, right? right? A warped way of looking at it, but it's, it's one way of looking at it. <laughs> okay, so that is gone, it's gone. Uh, and you know can't do that anymore. And now what happened with the rules? Tell, tell them about that.
0: Yeah, so now they've changed it to, uh, they've, they've really made it more complicated, but changed it in general to a 10-year period. Um, now all the money has to come out within 10 years. There's still regulations that we're waiting on for them to come out, so they haven't clarified everything with it yet. But, but the big change there is now it's a much shorter period, so you're having to take more out faster, which means more taxes, everybody's right. worst enemy.
1: Yeah, and the government's basically saying, you know, we're not necessarily as patient as you think we are, <laughs> so you're, right. you're going to actually have to pay tax. And, you know, for significant size accounts, you know, when you've got a, a very large IRA, that can be fairly significant and uh, you know hence the reason that some people are looking at you know how do we do this what what is the account value uh, is it a really really large IRA how many inheritors you know so that would be one thing you're going to look at if you only have one beneficiary for your account you could be looking at let's say you know a hundred thousand a million million dollar account and and if you do a tenth the first year, because you're gonna do this over a 10 year period, you're looking at a $100,000 distribution. That's gonna be on top of their taxable income. And if they already have a fairly decent taxable income, you could be looking at easy, uh, getting up in that 37% rate, and you know 37% of the distribution goes to the government, and it wasn't necessarily who you wanted to inherit the money. So you know, look at how many beneficiaries, the more beneficiaries that you have, then the lower amount of that distribution because you have a lot of different people that are going to be taking that money. So if it's a million dollars, let's say, and you got 10 beneficiaries, now you got hundred thousand dollars each and now it's only a $10,000 distribution in my example. You see, so it's a much 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 bigger much bigger difference. Um, so that, that's that's one consideration. So in essence, there are you know the 10 year rule and there are some exceptions. So kind of what uh, exceptions do you typically point out to people regarding, you know, who is not, going to be held to that 10-year rule.
0: Yeah, so the first one is a spouse. Um, If you're inheriting from a spouse, it just rolls over into your own IRA. So that's the easiest scenario. Um, The next exception is if you have someone that's not more than 10 years younger than you.
1: So you're 73 years old and and the person inheriting your IRA is not your spouse, but they're 65. Right. So they're not fully 10 years younger than you or more. And so, hence, they are not going to be subject to that 10-year rule in this particular case.
0: Right. Uh, and then someone who is disabled, um, according to the IRS definition of disability, which um, there's still some regulations and rules coming out around that. Um, mm-hmm. and, then, uh, and then a minor, um, considered a minor. They, they're not subject to the 10 year rule either.
1: So, and, and what happens? And some a little clarification on the minor. One of the things that you recognize with a minor, so let's say a seven year old has to inherit this thing, they have to take required distributions based on their life expectancy. But for a seven year old, you got a long life expectancy. So the distribution is very low. And then you wait till they reach the age of majority. And once they reach the age of majority, then and and there is some speculation regarding that too there there's been some debate about that uh do we use the federal do we have what state you know do we use age 21 do we use age 18 because it depends on the state uh you know a lot of talk about it being 21. Uh, and then you start taking distributions over the at the ten year rule at that age twenty one, and then there had been some speculation regarding if the person is a full full time student. When, but you know that that'd be something you know be eyes wide open if that's your situation. Uh, be watching the rules as they come out regarding that. But in general, they have the ten year rule for that young minor is not going to be upheld or they're they're nine years old and they've got to have it all distributed by the time they're 19. Uh, that's not, that's not, uh, in the spirit of the rule regarding that. Right. Okay. So let's say that we're looking at this and saying, man, I'd really not want to pay taxes on this. Is there any way that I can get around it or any strategies that I could use? So just talk a little bit about some of the strategies that might be used to, uh, to bypass, let's say, taxation, or to mitigate that to some extent.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of different options here, and it's going to depend a a lot on the specific situation, Um, right? So how much longer do you plan on working? Um, What's your income? Is there any fluctuation in your income? What other assets do you have? Are there non-qualified assets? Um, Are we looking to delay Social Security benefits? There's a lot of other variables that we're going to kind of all piece together um, to, to start to put a plan together. Um, but, but one common strategy, um, and, and we're, we're doing this a lot, you know, um, someone, and, and especially as you reach retirement age, right, your parents are getting older, and that's when people are starting to inherit more assets here
1: as you, you know, approach that age. Right, right. So when, when that happens, so you look at it and go, well, I'm taking a distribution. One of the things we're going to look at is, do you have a retirement plan at work? do you have a 401k do you have a 403b do you have a 457 do you have a simple plan do you have a, you know is it are these things and for for a lot of people just most people do not max out those programs matter of fact it's hard to get them to you know even put small amounts in the 401ks some some kind sometimes getting to put more than five percent of their pay away uh but you have the maxes that you can get in there the, uh, and, and if you're over the age of 50, $30,000, so you're looking at some people that may be only putting like five grand, let's say, in their 401k, and they can put 30. And you go, well, I got this distribution. What if I live off of the distribution from the inherited IRA and take that income and actually live off of it and then defer more of my own personal income? So let's say that I'm getting a $10,000 distribution, and I'm only at $5,000, let's say. And I go, well, why don't I do this? Why don't I defer? I'm only deferring $5,000 of my income. Why don't I defer $15,000? Five plus another ten, and that 10 i am getting from the inherited IRA, I'll just live off of that. So my standard of living hasn't changed, but basically what I've done is I've taken a taxable distribution, and I've made it a non-taxable event in that particular case, Right, and 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 the
0: reason because, you know, you can't just, you know, contribute the money from the inherited IRA into a tax-deferred account really straight away, right? The the IRS is like, no, you got to take the money out because we want our taxes, right? That's the whole reason for this mm-hmm, rule. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a way to get around that mm-hmm. um, a little bit. It, it's It seems kind of weird because what you might actually be doing is within a couple days, you have a distribution coming out of your inherited into your checking account, and then you have money coming out of that checking account into a retirement account, right? So, it it, it just has to go to that stop, the checking account, so the IRS but, it's, sees but, it, it.
1: but it. And it's coming to you, because you're going right. to be able to spend it. And what's happening is your paycheck drops significantly, right. is what ends up happening. So, you're going to see your paycheck go way, way down. You go, oh, and then you go, oh, wait a minute, i got money in the bank account, because I've got that inherited IRA money that's sitting in that account. And uh, and then you can basically offset the tax deduction of the contribution to the retirement account, with the with the uh, with the distribution from the inherited IRA. So that's the idea behind that.
0: Right, right, yeah. With with a four hundred one k and and if you're self-employed and maybe you know you don't have a four hundred one k, that's where you can set up your own plan because maybe you're contributing to an IRA, but the max is only seven thousand. You know that you might you know, move to a different type of plan, a simple IRA or a SEP, depending which you can actually contribute more. And then and then it kind of works like that, where it's coming into your account and going right back into this one.
1: So that may be confusing to a couple of people, the things he was just talking about. You know, people say, well, what's the difference between an IRA and a 401k and a 403B and, and those types of and a simple plan? And, you know, the SEP plan contribution limits is really what the difference is. So which one's best for you? Well, if you're working for a company and that's what they've got, 401k or something like that, 403b if you're a nonprofit or something like that, 457, you're working for a governmental organization, you may have that. Uh, That'll be what you're putting the money into. Versus if you are self-employed, you might be able to do that simple. You know, if you don't have any type of plan available to you and you're not self-employed, IRA may be the only thing you can do. Or you may, in some instances, do both. You know, some people are able to do both. They're able to, you know, that might be another thing. You might do a 401k, and then because your income limit is low enough, you can actually do an IRA as well. So there are all kinds of things that you can do to shelter some of this uh, in an indirect way, you know, to protect yourself from the taxation of that inherited IRA money, Mm so. some of the things that you, you think about, you know, you're in, you got this inherited IRA. I think one of the things to think about, let me just make this comment, is that with IRAs, 401ks, and those types of things, creditor protected. Uh, whereas inherited IRA, you don't have that. So, you know, one of the things to keep in mind is that you don't necessarily have that creditor protection. Uh, so it's not as beneficial. That's one of the things people forget about, I, I find that they don't recognize that mm-hmm. these qualified plans, you're You're protected against creditors and they can be a good way to protect your assets because, you know, you see these asset protection workshops and, you know, people, the hoops that people jump through Mm -hmm. to protect themselves. But that's a that's a good little thing out there. Uh, So what other types of things that you think out, Michael, anything else that you think of strategy wise?
0: Yeah. Well, one of the big questions, um, like I mentioned earlier, is how much income are you making? Right. Because uh, the strategy we just talked about really comes down to, okay, I'm making enough income Mm. um, where I don't want to have any more because I'm just paying unnecessary taxes. Um, mm-hmm. but maybe there's several different scenarios where
1: maybe your income is low for a year i think that's a really good point to make so keep keep rolling man this yeah. is good yeah
0: yeah you know and and there could be lots of different reasons you know maybe there's high business deductions maybe you're just in job transition um, you know, th- there's different reasons. An- another strategy, we could intentionally make your income low if, if you're not working and you're kind of nearing retirement, just working part-time, we can live off of non-qualified assets to make your income low um, for a year and, and do something. So anyway, there, there's different mm-hmm. reasons why your income might be low. But but in, in, in that case, if your income's low, then... And, and define low. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, define low for... Right, know, yeah, right yeah. yeah, great great question. So, I mean it's a relative really it's it's relative to what you're normally making but but typically, to make, 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 make
1: your life easy go go yeah. go married <laughs> filing jointly and then everything else that you're here just basically kind of cut it in half and it'll be good for you
0: yeah typically right now we're we're looking at the 12% bracket if if you're in the 12% bracket which goes up to Married filing jointly, about one hundred right. and ten thousand of about, total income. That, that's right, yeah. Um,
1: so, so your first thirty thousand, approximately. I just round now. I'm just getting to the point where it's just easier to round. About to 30%, thirty percent, thirty thousand of income, you don't pay any taxes because your standard deduction, or if you're itemizing, it could be higher than that. Uh, so you've got income that is no no taxes. So if you're below that level, wow, yeah, I can take some income from this inherited IRA and I won't have any taxes on it. And then if you have another 20 for, you know, everything above 30 up to the next 20, so about getting close to about 50,000, uh, then you're going to be sitting at about 10% tax rate on any of that money. That's pretty low. I mean, when you look at history, good grief, that's very low. And then you get above that level and you're getting to 12. So that's where we look at it and go, that's that's kind of no brainer, easy, low tax rate. So it might not be so harmful to take the income from the inherited IRA, not necessarily do some of these strategies we're talking about, or maybe even stick some of the money in, in Roth, you know, type of investments, and you're not trying to avoid the taxation. You're just going hit me with it. You know, 10% isn't bad. 12% isn't bad. And then, therefore, when you put the money in the Roth, then it grows without tax, and you don't have any taxes on it in the future. And that can be a couple ways that that's beneficial not only no taxes on it but no effect as the tax law stands right now on social security you know so you can actually help yourself against social security taxation as well uh, what we call the torpedo tax so that's a that's a really good point that's something strategically that you might be thinking about what other things that come to your mind anything else that uh hits you regarding this at this point right um,
0: the the only other thing there just along with what you said, yeah, you might take that as income. You might contribute to a Roth, or you might just move it directly into a non qualified account. Which at that point you're paying taxes, but you're keeping it invested um, in in that type of account, which which can have advantages later on when define
1: non qualified. Yeah, of yeah, card.
0: exactly. So so a non qualified account, it doesn't qualify for any of those. Regular tax breaks like an IRA, um, and it basically it's going to be taxed on basis. So the amount that you put into the account, you know, say you put a hundred thousand into it, okay, you're not going to be taxed on that. You're just going to be taxed on anything that it earns. So interest, dividends, capital gains that come out of that account is what you're going to be taxed on. So it ends up being less, much less taxes. Than a, yeah, can, a traditional it, it IRA. It certainly
1: can be. And, and that is because the tax, capital gains tax rates, if you hold something for more than a year, uh, it can be zero if you're in a 10 or 12% tax bracket. If you're in a higher bracket, 22, 24%, uh, it can be 15%, which is you know much lower than 22, obviously. Uh, and even if you're up in the 37% tax bracket, you could be down at a 20% rate. And some, a you know, small surtax on, you know, you can end up with. But in in general, you look at that as historically, capital gains tax rates have been much lower than regular federal income tax rates in our country. So, might be, and and you have access to it. You, if you need to pull money out for some other purpose before age 59 and a half, you don't have those penalties, and you're you're not limited as to how much you can put in it either. They don't tell you you can't put more than this much in a, in a non-qualified account. So, a couple of good reasons. To, uh, to check that out. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one.